0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. So this podcast is going to put me to shame because probably just a little longer um, Ethan has been climbing a little longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> He's accomplished in probably two and a half, probably three years, um, come, just over two yeah, years.
2: Just um, three now, yeah.
1: From beginner to uh, V14. <laughs> so welcome, Ethan. Glad to have you. Yeah, all.
0: thank you for come. having me.
1: Um, the, what do, you, do you have anything to add?
0: To the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it, this is Live Wild Radio. <laughs> uh, so yeah. this, is, this is the second in our series of like Zoom interviews because you're not allowed to hang around with human beings anymore. Um, so that's pretty much it. That's all I'm adding.
1: Okay. It's all good right. to good to all tell right. people
0: what they're listening to. Yeah. And I'm Winston. Yeah. I'm Catherine. Yeah. And e- e- this is Ethan Sullivan. I'm Ethan. <laughs> so for Canadian climbers, who oh, any climbers, but you know we are Canadians. Yeah. uh Who who uh, read Gripped magazine or gripped website. <laughs> Excuse me. It's the COVID. Uh good that you're not yeah. here. Uh, basically, they would have read about you, you know, over the last few years. Um if I'm not mistaken, you've done pretty much all the twelves, the V twelves that are there.
3: Uh, there's I think one left. This like uh Alex Megos thing that he put up last winter that I'm like painfully close on. So, yeah, so just one at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And means- then a couple projects.
0: So, let, let's, we'll take a sort of a step back. Like uh, you commented about how you, you relatively, you know, short life in climbing so far. Being that it's only a few years, let's go back to sort of how you got into athletics and then how you got into climbing.
3: Uh, I mean, like you read the articles and, Grip Magazine headline is like be 13 in three years or something, but I always, like, people like, how you progress so fast in three years? That's crazy. And, like, the one thing I always go back to is like, well, you know, I was, like, doing seven years of training before that. I was just a competitive swimmer instead of a rock climber, you know? So, uh, I was seven years old. I started, uh, I joined a swim team, basically. Both of my parents are triathletes and Uh, endurance athlete so I got into it pretty quickly and then up until uh, how old would I have been maybe around nine or ten I started swimming competitively and then in grade nine was my grade nine or grade ten was my last year of competitive swimming so uh, it's a pretty large sport so I was really only competing at like a provincial level but even at that standard like I was training nine times a week even though there's only seven days. And I was around like 21 hours of training each week. So I kind of just like burned out. Uh, Then in grade 10 or so, uh, I remember one of the older students, uh, Ben Mueller, if he's watching this, he's kind of the one responsible for me getting into climbing. He kind of started up the climbing club slash team at the high school. I remember thinking like, oh, you know, I'd like done a couple birthday parties and gone with family once or twice. Like it was always fun. And, you know, I feel like most people that, you know, are long-term climbers now, you know, like went into the gym my first day and was like, whoa, I'm really enjoying this. Like got a membership. And then every day since then, until now, I've been going to the gym a few times a week.
1: So what does your uh, workout schedule look like each week? Like break that down for us. Oh
3: man, um, you know, when I started climbing, it was like, I'm just gonna go climbing whenever I want and just have fun. Uh, when I was on a, like the competitive team at the gym, that was like four times a week kind of. So it'd be like, you know, two days on, or no, it wouldn't have been Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then one day on the weekend with the team. And then I would go climbing outside on rest days, kind of, um, not exactly, but now like I've started working quite a bit this fall. Um, so I've kind of like become a bit of a weekend warrior as funny as that is for me to say, I never would have thought that would have been me this early, but now I, I kind of just climb like whenever I have time, I still try and get like my you know, average thing is like climb two days in a row, one rest day and then two more days and then two rest days. And that kind of like hits a week. And then that breaks down into like day one and day four of the week are typically like high intensity on the fingers and like strength training. And then like day two and day five would be more like uh volume based and, you know, working on skills and stuff.
0: Obviously, most people are never even going to get it no matter how long they've been climbing. Yeah, I started climbing in the 80s. and now, I've always been sort of more drawn to bigger stuff outdoors, but it's a case where like the the hardest thing I've ever done was like a 512, you know on roped climb. Yeah. and that was took like an entire season of just working on. yeah. And it was like uh, it's the the whole projecting thing just was never for me. You know, because okay. it's
2: patient enough. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: really like you know, <laughs> yeah. Because you like you when you hear about somebody like like uh Adam Andra going back yeah. to like Norway like four years three years, years. years in yeah. a row. I commend anybody because I don't have that patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did it go from okay, this climbing thing's cool, I got a membership, yeah, to where you are now, you know. Like, what yeah. was the progression like? Total grade chaser in
3: the gym. Like, totally, like, walked in there with oversized shoes and was just like, what's the hardest number? I want to do it, like, no matter what. And I have, like, old videos of me climbing on my phone from, like, twenty late 2017, early 2018, and they're just, like, so messy. You know, I would go in and just, like, I would project, basically. Like, my whole mentality was, like, I want to be – The best one here, like no matter what, you know, so for me at that time, the best one there was like, whoever can, you know, climb the hardest number Mm. at whatever cost, you know? So I would just like go and flail up a wall for three hours. And like, I remember like walking into the gym in March, 2018, and there's like this black V7 on like flat holds and this arch at the hub. And I remember like on my March break, I would go in, I went for like five days straight or something. it just like threw myself at this thing and just like burned through all my skin. And I, it's just, I think that sort of, has always been a thing. You know, I just like want to climb really hard. I think it's just sort of evolved over the years into like, a, a more mature standpoint to climbing in the sense of like, Oh, like, you know, now I'm getting my butt kicked on this B five slab. Like I'll go put like eight sessions into it so I can get good. Um, So I think it's always been uh, a trait, I think just in the past year and a half or two, instead of like focusing on being the strongest, I've, I've kind of realized that, you know, I need to be good, not necessarily just strong. So kind of like focusing still on like, you know, one goal and projecting really hard, but I've sort of just like learned what it takes. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's always been there. I've just sort of needed to add to it and take all these different elements of climbing and training and implement them all into one thing to like, you know, hit the next goal.
1: How much of your physical shape do you think, like, you know, your strength that you already had from swimming, did that help you for climbing? Yeah.
3: Oh, totally. I would bet I'm like, definitely a lot stronger now, but like not far off from what I was swimming physically. The only thing I really needed was like everything elbow down, right? Like no one really has, like, great finger strength right off the bat. I have always said I think I have naturally strong fingers, but even then, like, it still needs to build up. But physically, from swimming, like, yeah, it definitely helped. Um, And on top of that, like, the mental side of just, like, suffering. Suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as stupid as it sounds,
1: yeah. (laughs) So This is more of a solo thing, then. Like, it's not like you have a team of people around you, you know, that you support each other and you encourage each other to do more it's really just you and the wall
3: yeah somewhat I mean like that's not to say I don't have like my crew of friends and we all like get really psyched you know and Mm -hmm. we all like push each other to do better and you know there's sort of like some competition going on like between a few of us like you know we're all working the same project and we're kind of like going at it but I think uh the side that swimming taught me was really more like the personal drive
0: yeah. So obviously with swimming, it'll really help like strengthen the shoulder. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you run into that thing where where progressing as quickly as you, you have, have you been able to avoid like the finger tendon injuries that are so common?
3: Yeah, honestly, I, I've been really like grateful that I haven't had anything serious. Um, and I would, you know, once again, put that to like naturally strong fingers or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, like the worst stuff I've had, it's been like, you know, pull too hard on a hold and like, you know, just like minor tweak of a finger, wouldn't climb for like a couple of days, but yeah, it's like typical bouldering thing now. Like my mobility is just messed up. Like my middle fingers don't close and I'm kind of just like, right. I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the scar tissue built up in the joint and I just, I don't know, it's probably a concern. It definitely is, but. <laughs> I've always like jokingly been like oh there's just more bone and my finger doesn't move so the bone holds the weight instead of the tendon now so I'll just climb harder
0: well because that's always one of the the biggest sort of drawbacks like when i um like'm mentoring new people into climbing yeah the things i say is like you can't touch a fingerboard for two years right? yeah three or four times a week because you just need to build yeah. that natural because muscles come quickly and tendons don't
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and I think um, another reason I was able to avoid that was I understood that concept a lot. Like, if I wanted to get good at crimps, I wouldn't, like, hit a hangboard. You know, I get a lot of people that are like, you know, how do you, like, get strong fingers? What should I be doing? And it's like, well, I don't know. My training philosophies are really simple. Like, if you want to get good at climbing on crimps, like, you should just go, like, climb on crimps on a 45. And that's how you'll get good at climbing on them. You know, like, obviously it's not going to build a lot of strength, but you'll get good at it. So yeah, for my first two years, like for the most part, if I was given like, we're going to, you know, like do this finger program, I would be really hesitant to do it. And like, quite like, I would just remember a lot of like training sessions where I would go into the gym and we would like have training and I would do it, but I would also kind of just like do my own thing.
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: I think. You know, it's really, I'm like really happy I was able to avoid it, but I think it's a really easy mistake that a lot of people uh, do.
0: Well, basically, like I'm a coach for for various types of athletics. And one of the biggest things that I run into is as a coach, my first job is to make sure people don't get hurt because you run into that thing where people who are chasing progress so fast uh, can run into the thing where, Rather than sort of play a slow and steady game, it's like an up and then, down. Then you're out for six weeks at, at best, you know. And that sucks. Yeah.
1: So, how do you manage that? Do you have any mentors that help you uh, along the way?
3: From an injury standpoint? Well, like structuring your training so you yeah. don't get injured. And,
1: and performance to really get. A lot
3: of it has been on my own. Like I was with the climbing coach for, you know, like I was on a competitive team for a year, year and a half but that was like year two, basically. So year one and three, like year one, I kind of just did whatever. In the past year though, I've really been pushing for myself to kind of just like read a lot, uh, talk to other friends and and get their advice. So I don't know if I would contribute it to like one singular person, but I try and force myself to read a little bit and also just like, I try and be aware of my body quite a bit, like trying to know what I am capable of. And like I think most injuries in in fingers at least are typically like an overuse injury. So you're just doing too much at once and then you know your fingers are tired. You go to like pull on something small at the end of the day, and then just like tendon explodes or something. So I just try and avoid that scenario at all costs. You know, like it'll be the end of like a three-hour session on my second day on, and I'll be like, oh man, like, I really want to keep working on the simulator. Like, I really want to keep trying it. It feels so good today. I'm kind of just like, oh, you know, it's not really worth the risk because like, I love climbing. Why would I want to get injured and not climb? I don't think anyone does. Yeah. But,
1: but didn't you say earlier you like to, you like to suffer?
3: Yeah, but in a controlled way.
1: In a controlled way. Yeah. Talk about that. What is it? What, what how do you define suffering?
3: Oh, in climbing? like in the weirdest way just like mangling my fingers on sharp holds. I don't know. I have a weird thing for like, like really sharp small crimps. You'll hear a lot of people that talk about me be like, yeah, that's kind of my thing. It's like sharp crimps, but I don't really I like trying hard. I don't know if it's like the suffering standpoint. And not necessarily like the physical way, but like the mental way, like you know, it'll be winter, and it'll be like January first, and we're like, "Oh, let's go to like Glen for New Year's." It'll be like minus ten, mm-hmm. right? Or like going bouldering and like doing projects and like negative fifteen temperatures, and you're like freezing your butt off in three layers of the heater, and you're like, "This sucks," but you know, like it's so much
0: fun, and we're all laughing. Yeah, if you like, if you like sharp crimps, uh, go climbing down in Mount Charleston oh, yeah. in Nevada. Mount Charleston, okay. Uh, now, stuff yeah
1: it's limestone yeah and yeah
0: right basically we were just doing like this roadside craig when we were down there last year uh and you know how like if you're climbing something that you have no bait on you sort of feel the rock Oh, it was so that's sharp that, that i put all my fingertips open just rubbing my hand over it yeah uh, yeah that's crazy like, the holds are very positive <laughs> right yeah you know <laughs> we all
3: got some bite
0: yeah like it literally like it, like tiny little razor blade and it's funny because all of our in mm-hmm. ontario is polished to shit so
3: polished and smooth
0: this is and it's all jagged and broken um
3: interesting
0: whereas the down there it's like you'd swear if you looked at it from the distance it's yosemite granite like it, it oh it, wow it like that this monolithic <laughs> yeah limestone. um yeah and it's sharp as it's shit. it's sharp wow <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was one of those things that's like this isn't the limestone I grew up on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you like sharp, yeah. that's a, you know, and well, the thing because it's all limestone, everything everywhere is just grid bolted. It was funny because we were like, uh, went up to robbers roost, which is like this climbing area that was where bank robbers or stagecoach robbers used to hide it okay. in cowboy days. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you have like an Ethan Pringle like five fifteen cave route, um yeah. Next to like a five eight on, on the vertical face,
2: hilarious.
0: It's like you know, like kind of a, a moderate kind of warm up climb. Versus, yeah, and then the hard thing. The yeah, really and then it's thing. Like right next yeah. to five eleven, and then there's a twelve, and then like but these huh. beautiful limestone caves with big roof. You know, you start like big vertical into this big roof finish over the lip 80 100 feet yeah wow you know you know so it's it's
1: and
0: but you need to bring a mat because there was still snow on the ground even though it was right 25 degrees out yeah (laughs) you know it's it's a weird thing when you're up in the mountains but
3: yeah definitely oh that's all above me i can't even imagine rope climbing
0: you know (laughs) yeah let's go back because obviously you started in the gym when did you go yeah
3: um, oh man. So I have videos of me in the first time in the Glen in the summer of, what had been, summer 2018. I went once with like, uh, one of my friends who had a guidebook and a couple crash pads and like my dad took us all out and we had like, I had no clue what I was doing. You know, like I'm the, I was the person that I now look at and I'm like, oh, do they know where they're going? You know, like I was like, didn't know how to use the guidebook. So I was walking around like trying to figure out what things were and yeah, I didn't go back until that winter. Um, So yeah, first time was in the summer and then in the winter uh, I guess like friend and mentor. Now my buddy Jack kind of was like, yo, like, do you want to come out? Let's get you on this hard boulder. Um, And I was like, Oh, that sounds pretty hard. Like, I don't know what it was like. And I went that day and I almost did this boulder and like, A session and was like blown away with how well I did. And after that day, I was like instantly hooked. And with Jack, Jack was able to kind of like show me the area, show me the boulders, and I kind of like got to see a bunch of things and was like, okay, like this is cool. And then uh, from then, could only go whenever I could get a drive and convince my dad to go or like need someone else that was going. But once I got my license in like June, it was kind of game over. Yeah, like I, I jokingly say I've probably spent like upwards of five hundred dollars on gas, if not more, driving to the Glen.
0: Yeah, because you you live in Toronto,
3: Markham, which is like hour fifty, two hours the Glen, depending how it is. So it's like thirty bucks in gas every time I go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's a thing where like any listeners or viewers, yeah, because do. who aren't familiar with uh like ontario we essentially have two bouldering spots mm-hmm. um outdoors at the glen and then halfway log dump up on the bruce peninsula
3: the known ones at least i mean i know there's stuff like up in sudbury now and there's a little bit in ottawa but yeah for like gta climbers definitely
0: yeah like basically for any of us in southern ontario like yeah so.
3: there's nothing else in between
0: you know uh and so it becomes one of these things where uh, because we've only got these two areas and one of them is like, like three hours away, you really go into that same spot. Over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, basically it's just down the road from Niagara Falls.
3: No one knows it's there. Yeah. At least last year.
0: And so you, you run into the thing where you, where you park, then there's this big metal last staircase. God. Yeah. <laughs> going down is not a big deal but at the end of the day no it's going up yeah at the end of the day you know yeah yeah I have
3: some fun stories
0: (laughs) and then it's like a maze of broken limestone
3: you know uh when I took my dad there he was kind of blown away he really likes hiking and the outdoors too and I didn't know what to expect and we got down there that summer and we're just like blown away like you know, it's like five minutes from the falls. like, who knows about this place and the water's beautiful, like really scenic area. Um, and so my dad, when I didn't have my license would always like drive down with the dog and he'd go hike. It's a beautiful area. It's, you know, like as much as we complain about it and be like, oh, the climbing's so shit. And you know, like, it's so horrible. It's a really beautiful spot. I've like, Definitely try and take moments here and there to like step back and be like, oh, wow, this is really
0: awesome. Well, and the thing that I look at is like, if you can climb in Ontario, and this is whether it's roped climbing on the escort bouldering, anywhere else you go, the rock's better.
3: Honestly, yeah. And if you go anywhere else, there's probably texture, which means that you're going to climb really well. Like I went to Squamish in the summertime and was like, <laughs> I can put like my foot wherever I want and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that, that's the thing is like when we, when we had Reg Smart on the show, he ran into the same thing, which is he learned like I did, you know, to climb here in Ontario on limestone and you go to Red Rocks or you go, you know, he's been to Yosemite. You go to these different places where, you know, you've got sandstone or granite or even limestone in other places. like And, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like your feet aren't slipping off everything, you know? So it, it is, it's one of those uh, kind of things where learning to climb here almost it's, sets you up to climb anywhere.
3: Totally. We have uh, one of our friends, male in Quebec is like, he always rips on how bad the area is and he's kind of just like, oh, it's just like training for real rock climbing. And I was like, oh, like, ah, oh, that's funny. And then, yeah, when I went to Waco, and like, I've been to enough places now and climbed on like a couple of different types of rock. And I'm like, yeah, he's certainly not wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like that's why my footwork got good. If I was just like climbing on really polished, glassy footholds for like two years and you go in the gym and it's like, well, everything is big and textured and it's all really straightforward. I don't know if you've noticed it in Ontario too, but like it's hard to climb and it's really physical in a weird way because like your skin can't hang on the holds. So you kind of need to always be engaging. Yeah. Otherwise you're kind of just going to slip it at times.
0: Well, then it's that's like a very. I love when we do travel, like we, we mostly to the States, like when you go to the Adirondacks or, yeah. you know, you go down to Red Rocks, basically you do get a bit of that break because you literally can use the friction of your skin. It's hilarious. And and it's even the thing I find like uh, say like a stemming smeary move, you have to have so much tension through your hips on, yeah. on the limestone to hold it
3: because versus yeah, can... if it's anything else,
0: totally. Um, and it's the same thing. Like uh, if there's anything slabby, you're just, please, 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 please. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like even the easy slab boulders are really hard because everything needs to be perfect like um and not even in like you have to place your foot on the right crystal mm-hmm. but your hips need to be in the right spot and you mm-hmm. can't squeeze because then you're just gonna like dry fire off the glass immediately Which it's I
0: like, all of this doesn't make it sound like a, a-, a good area
3: no but it's like the sort of thing where people are like Oh, you know, like it sounds horrible. Why would I come? And I'm like, well, I think everyone needs to experience it once because you have a lot to learn in that style. Because you'll go, you know, you'll come here for a week, you'll maybe get your butt kicked, and you'll go back and everything will be straightforward.
1: That's very cool. So what is it that you're what's your what are you chasing right now? Like what is the scale that you're working on?
3: Oh, um, I mean, I have a lot of, like, I have a really big goal for next year, and I kind of, like, to take it to the next step, like, I need to be physically a lot stronger, uh, but I also just, like, I really need to get good at slab again. Actually, not again. I just need to get good at slab, because I've always sucked at it, Um, and there's, like, a couple boulders that I really want to do that have, like, really big, heady slab top it, so... I'm kind of now going to focus on like when I'm inside, I'm going to be doing my strength stuff. And when I go outside, I'm going to try and like, you know, pick a couple things each day that are like way below my physical limit, but are way above my technical limit. So like climbing really big, easy things, even if it's like, you know, like a 40 foot five, four slab at the end of a boulder problem like climbing that instead of just dropping off or like going and doing like a v3 slab instead of like going and running laps on v12 like i normally would Mm -hmm. because now there's just like everything that's left for the most part is either like way too hard and i'm just not really psyched enough for it or it's just not good um and then outside of that is all of like all 700 boulder problems that aren't double digit and i need to climb those and learn how to get good at climbing
0: yeah because one of the things you run into i find when you get climbers that are super strong um and emily harrington talked about this when she yeah is because you're really strong then when you climb 510 you know yeah no v5 v6 you suck Because you just power your way through it. Yeah, exactly. And you ran into the thing when you're doing that, like multiple pitches of that on a 3,000 foot wall. Yeah, you get tired. Yeah. So, no matter, definitely. And no individual thing is that hard for you. Yeah. It makes you have to climb more economically.
3: Efficiently, definitely.
0: Which will then make when you actually climb harder stuff, you climb better.
3: Yeah. And if you watch videos of me climbing last summer, I was like still quite all in the arms and you know, in March, I just like watched hundreds of hours of Dave Graham bouldering as stupid as it sounds, because when you watch him climb first, like watching Chris or Daniel climb the same boulder problem, like he'll just find a crazy drop knee somewhere and just like find the best way to climb it instead of like relying on strength and cutting feet. So, I was typically always like, you know, strength and cutting feet. And then for the past like eight months, I've kind of focused on, you know, like, what's the best way I can climb this? Like, how can I, like, I've done this boulder problem. Now, how can I master it and like climb it perfectly? And just getting that practice in, I've already noticed, like, when I go to a new boulder, I'm kind of looking for things. It's kind of like, you know, there's like this left-hand crimp and I have to do a really deep lock off. It'd be great if there was like a far right foot that I could throw a drop me off with this low left foot to reach up, Mm -hmm. like pull my hips into the wall. Before I would have just been like, oh man, I need to just like crank off this thing and hit the next one. And I need really strong fingers so I can cut feet. But now I've kind of like got myself stuck because I've moved so far that like Dave Graham wizardry side that I haven't really, like I've kind of lost like that pulling hard side. Like I still have really strong fingers. I just don't have the dynamic power that I used to have. So now I'm kind of like working back. It's like a wave. You can't really be good at everything at once.
0: Yeah, it's periodization, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And the, and the key comes in is that if there's a project you're working on. you Gotta whatever. time it right. Yeah, and whatever skills or strengths it needs, getting them all maximized for that day, that window that you're gonna work on. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of the things that's kind of cool with uh, the physical movement side of it. When you've mm-hmm. learned a new skill, uh, when you go back to working on just getting stronger, the skill doesn't go away. No, you keep it exactly. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. whereas strength, if you don't work it, it goes away. <laughs> um, and so it's one of those things where you develop a bigger toolbox of skills. And then, then go through a phase go and longer, apply it. longer, and now you. Can. No, totally. You know, and that that's kind of the fascinating thing because really, when you think like, if I'm not mistaken, like the hardest boulder problems in the world are V18 right now. Yeah,
3: there's a uh, one V17 in Finland.
0: Oh, okay, so it's yeah. Seven. So yeah, basically the the this problem that you did recently, like you graded it a V14. Talk to a few people after. I mean,
3: immediately once I did it, like if you look at my online scorecards and whatever, like it's logged at 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a whole nother conversation.
0: Yeah, like
2: the grading,
3: you know. It's a yeah, it's a headache.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and that but it's sort of the best thing we have, right? There's no good grading system, there never yeah. will be, you know. Um, but it what I'm getting at though is like after three years, you're kind of knocking on the door. Uh, of, you know, basically yeah. not far from the top. Um, yeah, somewhat. You know, and obviously it's it's even though it's only a few grades, it's a it, lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: it's a lot. of You work. start to like that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: totally. but more getting to the thing of like, uh, but you're still really young. Uh, yeah. You know, so so what I look at is do you sort of look at the thing of figuring out a way of doing this professionally yeah
3: oh man uh yeah yeah like i'm not in school right now um i've like jokingly said to friends that i won't go to school until i climb v 16 you know like as stupid as it sounds like uh right now i'm pretty much just focusing on climbing because i know like my personality is If I'm doing something, I like always commit a hundred percent and like go all in. So right now, yeah, I'm working and just like saving money as much as I can to travel. Mm. But yeah, like to make it a professional thing, like I have a lot to improve on. Like I'm pretty bad at the social media side of things. Like I need to get better at that. And I also just need to like travel and climb a lot more
0: hard things. Yeah. Yeah you know yeah. but, the, but the fact that nowadays that's like a legit thing you can do
3: yeah right? yeah there's a lot of stuff to do with it even just in the climbing world in general yeah. like it's grown enough now that there's a lot of
0: things happening and a lot of jobs you know because well if you look like 10 years ago uh people who made their living off of climbing right whether it's yeah you know, the personality the social media the competitions you know because all of it fundamentally or a big chunk of it is going to come down to sponsorships right you know you run into that thing where uh it's a viable way to make a living you know if yeah you, nowadays yeah if you can engage with people and that and then that, that's sort of that thing of the social media but if you if you look like not even alex honnold because after the movie it's like people are just throwing money him. yeah <laughs> um yeah but but it's the thing like the uh and not even sort of like some of the the, you know, real top level ones like the Andres and what have you. Because again, yeah, um, same thing. You know, but people who are, uh, you know, from whether it's a competition side or a, or a climbing side, a level two or down from them, are still making a living. Yeah, that that to me is like a fascinating thing where you can take the thing you love. Um,
3: make money yeah yeah.
0: because yeah as an athlete your biggest thing is you need time to train and take yeah
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so being able to to uh navigate that like that's a whole different side of it
2: Yeah.
3: yeah yeah that's the sort of thing i'm trying to understand now and and figure out it's definitely like going from high school to now like oh, shit, I need to get my life together. And like, what am I going to do in the next five years? It's a big jump, but like slowly figuring out what's possible and what I need to do to get there.
1: So on that note, um, you talked about different kinds of training and how you had to pivot perspective, both to get to the next level, right? Or to progress in a certain area or even to make this all work. How has your mental training shifted? Like, what what does that look like? What does that you know um for example I, I just found it fascinating with climbing how after taking a break because of COVID right and I mean yeah outdoors or outdoors irregardless so you're you're weaker but when I got back on the wall in the past I was afraid of heights and this time yeah. not whatsoever like I was able to yeah. keep, not have to like if I'm on a rope not worry about testing it to make sure it's working you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> Focus, right? And I just find that fascinating how that if anything gets stronger, it gets more, even more focused, right? Um, Then, then you losing some of it. It's not like strength, it's always there. Mm -hmm. It's Almost like you've changed permanently. And now you're that much better. And you just don't know it yet. So that,
3: Uh, I think the biggest thing for me, like in the past three months has been working. I mean, like I finished high school, I didn't really I couldn't work because of COVID. The gym was closed. And then in September, pretty much like right after I did um, right of Passage Low, I like started a new job at Hold Emporium. So I'm there now. I'm basically like uh, doing a bunch of hold production and pouring polyurethane and lots of cool fun stuff. But my biggest worry was like, oh, crap, like I kind of have a more steady job now. Like, how am I going to have time to climb? And my biggest thing was, okay, like, let's not, like, I didn't want to keep aiming to progress because in my mind, I was like, if I keep expecting to get better, like, if I don't get better, I'm going to like, you know, be kind of bummed out. So through that whole period of like, work slowly ramping up, my goal was just to like, keep climbing at the same level. And like, instead of climbing four days a week, it was like, let's aim to do three and be happy with three for now. And if I can get four, that's awesome. But just to like keep pushing and pushing and pushing, like it's a lot on my brain. It's like, oh crap, like, you know, nine to five, one day get home. And then it's like, oh, like, I don't want to climb. And instead of me being like, no, like you need to climb because you're going to get weak. Otherwise it's like, oh, like it's okay. I'll just rest today Uh, because rest is a good thing. Hmm. But from like the mental side of it, just being okay with like being busy and, like just staying where I was instead of trying to push forward. And now like I've kind of adapted to that workload and, you know, I'm like used to going to work and being tired a little more. Uh, So it's kind of balanced out now and now I can focus on like ramping back up.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one of the things too, is that progress is never linear. Yeah. You know, it's one of these things where it's like you put your reps in and don't seem to almost be getting anywhere. Yeah. And then one day you get somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made some progress. Yeah,
3: so yeah awesome. I had like, one of those moments yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's you know, always fun.
0: Yeah, because it, 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 th- this is the thing. Because like I, I started lifting weights when I was twelve. Because you know, yeah, bullied kids. So yeah, judo and weights were sort of my answer to bullies. Yeah, uh, but it's the thing where like. If you made linear progress, um, everybody would squat a thousand pounds or more, right? Cause yeah, <laughs> you know, cause if you, yeah, keep... cause you would keep getting better. Yeah. And it never works that way. You seem to be, you know, you're putting the time in, you're putting the work in and the better you are, the smaller, the improvement steps end up being. Yeah. And you can't maintain like an elite level year round. So it's kind of of like time um, of the year. As long as it, I always like equate it to the stock market. Yeah, as long as you're trending up. Yeah, that's a good thing. Period of years, you're gonna be better. Yeah. Right, and you know the fact is right now you're you know really good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So then you keep doing that kind of thing and avoid getting injured. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, what can I do? Yeah. Exactly. Um, What's the
3: next bit?
0: And then up, yeah. And and it it really is. It's kind of fascinating because it's not a sport, even though the sport's been around for a long time. Like if you want to know how to uh add weight to your squat, there's like 60 years of yeah, there's studies data behind it. Totally, you know. And, and there'll be people arguing with some of the like 5% differences in the weeds. Yeah. But, but it's something we understand very well. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you look at climbing, it's only in the last few years that, you know, PhDs are studying some of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, getting into like, you know, the strain gauges. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, basically you sort of look at the work that uh, uh, Tom Whitaker, you know, with lattice training, you know, they basically based on how hard you can pull on their machine. You can put a number to that. This is how hard you can climb. I look at those numbers all the time. Technique sucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, and that's kind of like that, that pooling of data, then we're going to start getting more of that understanding of like, oh, okay. You know, this is how to build it. And with it becoming an Olympic sport as well. It's just going to keep going. Yeah. There's a question with it. uh, Because you did the competitive thing for a little while. But everything we know you for is outdoors. Um, Obviously, it doesn't seem to be that big of a draw for you anymore. No. (laughs) yeah, The competitive side of it.
3: Not at all. Um, After my first year of climbing uh my old coach kind of like approached and was like hey um uh, you know i'm so and so i'd like love to coach you and be a part of this team and for me like coming from a swimming background and even my parents were like well if you're going to climb like there's competitions right like that was the most obvious step forward and it didn't seem like in ontario too like it seems like the most obvious progression for kids like through the competition side mm-hmm. um But yeah, I competed for a year, year and a half and like, I was okay. I mean, I was there like flailing and cutting feet on all of the jugs on the roof and occasionally on the slab. Um, But like, I would also get my butt kicked on a lot of things. Like the style is so different and I didn't really want to put the work into something that I didn't like, you know, same thing I was saying before. Like when I like something, like I go all in on it. So like while team kids were doing slab boulders, I was like over by the moon board, like projecting a benchmark that was way too hard for me. (laughs) So
1: was it that you liked, was it just the challenge of of accomplishing the impossible for you at the, at the start of it for
3: climbing? Yeah. Yeah. Like setting a goal and then doing it really fast. And I didn't really get that with competition. Mm -hmm. So like the big turning point for me was in February this year. I mean, like through the comp season, like I had been doing really well outside already, and I had a couple bigger projects that I was really excited about. And then be kind of like, oh, I've got to like do this whole comp training thing too, and like dedicate time to that. Like, that's okay. But I went to Vancouver in February for nationals. And the day I landed, we got out, got the rental car, and I was like, mom, well, like, do we have anything to do today? like well we're gonna go to the airbnb now i'm like well what if we went to squamish
2: she's (laughs) like
3: what i'm like let's like go and look and i like got to the parking lot didn't have the guidebook i just like entered in coordinates to dreamcatcher I like ran through the grand wall to like try and find it found it and was like whoa like there's dreamcatcher there's room service there's the hardest boulder problem in the country like that's crazy and seeing that and then you know, going the next day and sitting in isolation for five hours while like looking out the windows at a beautiful sunny day, and just thinking like, "Wow, like back home, like really crappy climbing would be a two-hour drive, and right now, like world-class climbing is an hour drive away." Like, yeah. what am I doing here? And the whole competition round, I kind of had that thought in the back of my head, and I had like a really crap semifinal round, and like I just went out to my coach, my mom, I'm like. I'm done. like, huh? Like, yeah, this, like, isn't what I want to do. And I went to Squamish the next day, and, like, I had a blast. Like, it was just getting to, like, see the two worlds side by side in that instance. And, like, not really being forced to choose, but having the option to choose what I wanted to do, that was kind of where I was like, yeah, like, competitions are fun, but why would I dedicate my time to it? And, like, going outside, it's a personal improvement thing. First, like the one thing I don't like about comps is like, I'm sitting in there for five hours to climb like four or five boulders. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I'm like training for a year sometimes for like a bigger competition to then, you know, go in there with all of my friends in this like aggressive competition thing where you're kind of like, oh man, like, you know, I did that boulder in four attempts, like I hope so-and-so does it in five so I can make it the finals, you know? (laughs) And I never really liked that side of it. And like, it's not that it's like aggressive competition, but it's kind of there and no one really brings it up, Mm -hmm. at least then like from what I remember. So I kind of just like didn't like going and having this like really aggressive competition inside of me against like all of my really close friends. And then like not doing well and being like, oh, like what was all that training for? Like, why i suck, you know. Versus like you go outside and it's like you go put 10 sessions into a really hard boulder problem and you're probably going to do a lot better than session 1.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like there's almost a guarantee. Like if you put the time and the effort in outside, you'll succeed. Versus the competition scene is like it's all up in the air. It's just whoever's good on that day. Yeah. And i i just like I had enough competition with like swimming and the reason I left swimming was because of the competition and putting in all that effort. And as soon as it got brought into climbing, I kind of sensed myself like feeling the burnout and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to stop climbing, so I'm just going to stop competing and I'll see. And then once I stopped, it was like, oh, this is great.
0: Like I'm finally doing what I want. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, obviously because you started in a bouldering gym mm-hmm. is there a reason why you've never gone into route climbing or rope climbing.
3: Yeah, people have always said I'd be really good because I'm like super lean. I come from like endurance sports. Uh, I did like a lot of cross country in high school too. And I mean, I started in a bouldering gym and I think I've always just liked the idea of doing like the three hardest moves in a row. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I talk to like my friends at Sport Climb, it's like, yeah, like I just did this route today. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, but you just like climbed five eight to like a V9 boulder problem. Like, why wouldn't you just climb the V9 boulder problem? That seems like a lot of wasted time for me.
0: And yeah, I, I guess it's one of those yeah. where with like for me, climbing part of the thing is the adventure, you know. And you know, basically uh I also like doing it, which yeah. means like I like long routes because then I get to do more. Do
3: more and <laughs> My rope climbing friends say like the exact same thing to me. I don't know what it is with me, but I have like this whole thing for, you know, going to a boulder and trying it for like eight hours straight. And I think like from the few times I have sport climbed, there's some room for error with movement. But like when I'm bouldering at my limit, everything needs to be perfect. And maybe it is with sport climbing too. And I just haven't had that feeling yet. But like when I've done my hardest boulder problems, like I'm on the wall and I'm flowing through moves Mm -hmm. and they feel like really effortless. And I can feel my pinky like hitting the exact spot that I need. And if my stupid pinky doesn't hit there, then like I'm not doing the boulder.
2: Yeah.
3: I just find like the attention to detail for bouldering is like very specific and there's like cryptic three, four move problems that I need to figure out. And it seems really straightforward, but I like spending a lot of time figuring out how do I make these really short things that are really hard for me feel easy and then do them.
1: I think you'd like jujitsu.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I say that because Winston's been teaching us this thing during COVID and it's strategic and problem solving and there's for every a lot of
3: movement too. And I can have,
1: I can go flying and, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. You can actually spar, you know, with people of different sizes and weights. It's it's about physics, you know? Yeah. And I find that fascinating. It sounds like you might like that
3: (laughs) I've always like joked with uh, a couple of friends of mine that like climbing is like MMA and like, you know, like you watch the old Kung Fu movies and it's like, yeah, like climbing is just like that. It's just like, yeah, I'm like having a fight with the wall, and I have to be able to like flow and find the balance within it to keep moving.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, you know, like like as an athlete, I've kind of always been a generalist my whole life because yeah, I think it's that that you know short attention span. So yeah. things I've been doing for a long time, but I've never become like the best I could at any of them because it's like you know you're doing a bunch of shit. But yeah. that, but that's the thing that that you've got, and this is what I found with any of the athletes I've coached that have excelled to a really high level um is that they have that kind of like uh pinpoint obsession right i
3: think it's a trait that everyone that's like really good at something has kind of like that addictive personality
0: yeah, yeah. like it's just like yeah 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 whatever i have this thing and it's like somebody's like look shiny tinfoil over here this cool thing not a, i have this thing. no totally <laughs> i mean <laughs> like yeah, I
3: can't fall asleep at night because I like think of a, a certain boulder problem. This is like, like it's,
1: car shopping right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: Thing
1: <laughs> I need to sort out. Like we can't have fun until I get this. Yeah.
3: One. <laughs> yeah, like I've noticed when I'm like with the last project with Rite of passage low, like when I was really giving it effort, like everything in my life like revolved around that boulder in one way or another. Like the days I would take, well, no. Yeah. The days I would rest, like what time I was going to bed, what my skin was doing, you know, like showering with gloves on and like all these really stupid things, like everything would revolve around that boulder problem in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I would like, I would wear my puffy coat outside in 15 degree weather so I could stay warm and I, it would look stupid, but it was like, I was so, I could like probably write a whole essay on everything I did on the day that I did the boulder problem that helped me succeed. That's interesting. So it's not, yeah, it's not just like, I'm going to go and try harder. It's like, I'm going to figure out like every little thing that will make this easier. And that's why I'm going to be good. I'm not necessarily like physically the strongest, but I just try and like make it all work and get everything on my side.
1: What have your parents noticed about you since you've climbed? Been climbing. What changes have they seen or growth?
3: Uh, I take the car a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the car is missing quite a bit. Um. Oh man, I haven't really talked to them about this, but if I were to guess, um, I think like climbing has taught me a lot. You know, for life, like things don't just happen right away. It's like a constant flow and like a slow improvement forward and i maybe they would notice that um but yeah i mean with like bouldering and like climbing a hard boulder you know like you don't just like go and and something is you can't just like do a single move one day maybe you do but it's like suddenly you're able to like pull off of holds and then it's like okay like the next three sessions later i can pull off the move and i can like grab this stupid hold i can't stay on the wall but my hand is there and like applying that same process of like okay i'm almost what can i slowly improve at uh that same process i kind of like just apply on a daily basis like what can i slowly get better at like what do i need to do and like how do i get there and breaking it down into like every little thing in my mind
1: it is interesting how there's you know these talk about muscle memory
0: definitely Well, I think one of the things, though, that this illustrates, like, uh, is that anybody who ever goes, oh, man, it must be nice that you can do that. Or it must be, you know, like, no, it sucks. Yeah. But yeah, people need to understand if you want to accomplish anything, like when you look at like, sports heroes, because, you know, or this is anybody doing anything at a high level. But when you see an athlete. Whether it's in a competition or you see that awesome video of them pulling off, most of the time you don't show, like, and this is sort everything of, else. Yeah. It's not one of the things of climbing that, unless they've made a documentary about it, you don't see all the projecting that went into it. You see the cool Instagram or YouTube video of them pulling it off. Exactly. Uh, and that's sort of one of the things that people need to, to, uh, if you want to accomplish anything you've got to put all reps lot. in you know when you're yeah. looking exactly at that point
3: i have like oh man i don't even know how many gigabytes probably like upwards of 150 200 gigabytes of footage from like right of passage low and like just of the whole summer of me trying it and there's i've yeah i've just been like so lazy to do it I really want to get around to like doing a proper video and like short film about it just because like there's so much that like people really don't know about the process like even things like as stupid as it sounds like getting in my car and like driving home at night and just like just like getting really upset and like really angry at myself and just like a lot of emotions that I wouldn't really even let out on camera just like stuff like that And man, like some of those sessions were just like heinous. Like it would be like early August. And the thing about that boulder problem is you need like quite a few pads to do it because like there's a stone staircase like right behind you that you need to protect. So like I must have had like eight or nine pads most of the time. And there were days where like I would go down with friends for night session. We would get there and then people would kind of be like, yo, we've got to like take off. Be like, okay. It's like, I'm going to stay here. It's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like keep trying it. And then next thing you know, like I'm in the glen at like 9 30 at night by myself with six crash pads. And now I'm like hauling out three pads up the stairs, back down, get three more, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it and just like, I don't know if I've ever been. I don't know if I would say insane, but like there were quite a like few insane things that like really sucked at the time. That like looking back on it, it'd be like, oh, like what I do that.
1: You need an agent. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: To hire you, some uh, yeah, some helpers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd be great. <laughs> well, but in a sense, almost it's it's Logistics. that kind of thing of like, the the, you know, you were talking about liking suffering, right? Yeah it's always what we describe as type two fun it's yeah. fun when you're doing it yeah it's fun to think about it afterwards you know and
3: like yeah just even in the moment like when I did do the project like holy crap to like do the last jump and hit the hold was like the most euphoric thing I've ever felt like yeah it's one of the best feelings in the world and like when you're working towards it it's like man this sucks but every time i put more effort into something it feels even better after the fact mm-hmm. it's like that same addictive thing like almost chasing the feeling of like feeling really good after doing it but yeah it man just really really good
1: we, we should start a new tradition in outdoor climbing like for things like this is you know how the angels for uh backpacking mm-hmm. There should be like climbing angels for people who are projecting. Food. <laughs> they could say, you know, you can you can camp out at our place, or our show. yeah. You don't have to drive home for two hours. You go there, you can't. You go back at night, right? Like you Yeah, there
3: were a couple times where. Did I oh, talk Especially that one.
1: I used to live in St. Catherine's, so I I'd be like. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that that it is a, it's that kind of thing where people need to really understand. Like when you see those, you know, either the cool shot, because 90% of the time when you see like a cool still photo, it's just in the middle so of much the- happening. Yeah, and, and a lot of yeah. it's not staged. You see it in the magazines or a cool Instagram shot. It might yeah, you like right go back after. Day, but they yeah. go back to get the shot, get the lighting right, all that kind of thing. Um yeah. And then when you see that that video of somebody pulling it off, yeah, uh, it basically what you're seeing is the culmination of so much work, so much logistics, eating right, and you know, getting a bunch of things right on the day. Yeah, like even just having good skin that day. Yeah, (laughs) sweet temperature, right? Yeah, where. Like, your fingers work, but it's cold enough that they stick.
3: I had, like, one of my tactics for the day I did the boulder was I didn't bring my fan because I didn't want to, like, waste energy lugging an extra eight pounds. And like dropping eight pounds out of my pack on the hike down was maybe what helped. (laughs) There's like all these thoughts that, yeah, no one really hears about because I can only like, you know, write 500 words on Instagram and I'm too lazy to go like make a blog post about it somewhere. Yeah. And like, who wants to read like, you know, my 20 page essay on my project?
0: (laughs)
1: Like, I think it'd be very interesting.
0: Yeah. That's actually the thing though, is that I think for, uh, like fellow climbers or anybody that's yeah. inspired by people who who do big things is you know w- other than the those documentaries you see right you know when you saw yeah. solo you, then you started to get a little bit in Alex's head okay he his brain isn't like ours and he's willing to to if it's like not doing the climb or dumping the girl it's like bye girl <laughs> you know yeah. like, so you see that kind of thing but for most accomplishments yeah you don't
3: like that no totally
0: uh and and even
3: then the final free solo documentaries probably still cut down a
0: lot yeah because there's probably tons you you got a little bit of his backstory but even then but but it's all of the years of climbing all of the years of free soloing all of the years and things that got him there well they they got a two-hour movie I don't I don't even know if it exists, but like I would sit and watch, like if they had footage, uh like raw footage of the whole climb, you know, from all the cameras, I would just sit and watch that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a total different experience. Because it's that thing of like watching somebody who gets in that flow state. The fact that he can stay in that state for For just so long for hours
3: is kind of really impressive.
0: you know, it's almost like the polar opposite in the climbing world of what you do. Yeah. Um, where it's like super hard and short and condensed, you know, um, any of the individual uh, moves on, you know, free rider that he climbed, uh, except for maybe you probably haven't done a lot of off with climbing where you jump half the audience. <laughs> no. You know, but for you, none of the moves would be that hard. but But it's it's to do it it
3: all all of that and doing it and staying in that mental state for so long.
0: Yeah. That's the part that I found fascinating is that he could stay there for so long. And I think
3: you get that a little bit with bouldering, but in a very different way. Hmm. Like when I was in Waco, I went with my friends, Kellen and Eves and Eves is like one like great guy, but also probably like the strongest human on earth, like climbing wise, like, Fingers are ridiculously strong, and he's a really strong climber. But you know, he was down there working this boulder problem, Tardesien. And when we were there, like one minute we would be having a conversation and like laughing about something, and then you could see him like chalk up, and you know his mind just flips, mm. and all of a sudden like no one's talking, and Eve's going to get on the wall. It's a total different thing, and it's something that I still like find I need to improve on. It's like locking into that mental state. Mm. But yeah, you wouldn't really see that in a video. Like, you would just see, like, when he's about to grab the holds and pull on the wall. Yeah. And it's really impressive to see someone who has, like, the mental control to just, like, zone everything out and then get on the wall. Like, I was, and it's, like, really impressive to see someone that has that control to just, like, flip. Like, yeah, it's cool. You can, like, pull on small holds, but to do it in, like, any situation just takes, like, a level of mastery that I haven't reached yet. Like, I found meditation has been really helpful and, like, different breathing patterns and stuff to just, like, sit under a boulder and breathe and, like, do a lot of visualization. Yeah. But it's something that I was, like, really bad at for a long time with climbing. When I did write of passage low, I found I just needed to, like, step back, check my ego, and just, like, enjoy the process. Like, same thing, like a little kid at the playground and just yeah. be, like, yeah, like, like, happy to be
0: there. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It, it's, like, night and
0: day. Yeah, because fundamentally... Even though you have to work super hard, if you don't enjoy the process,
3: I'm yeah, you're not gonna perform well.
0: Yeah, and and you're yeah,
3: also,
0: you only got one life, so it's like you're spending all this time doing something you don't enjoy. Yeah, like,
3: then like, why bother?
0: Yeah, so and I think that's one of the other things is too many people are chasing the result. Don't like give the process of getting there. Right? Yeah, enough credit. Yeah. Say it's the journey, not the destination. And and that's so cliche that nobody breaks it down. Yeah, but but it's true. Is in basically enjoying the reps in the practice, enjoying the the process of getting there, right? Because you spend way more time doing that than you do at the destination. Yeah. When you with this route, when you got the last hold, right, completing it. To when you're back on the ground, like, how long did you have?
3: Like, when I pulled on the wall to when I did it, like, yeah, like, under a minute. And that was, like, one of the longer boulder problems, too. Like, that was, you know, like, 18 moves or so, maybe. Probably less. I don't remember exactly how many.
0: Like, the hardest route, like, boulder in Ontario?
3: Uh, I think so. I know Eves has a 13 out in Calabogie, which I didn't find out until recently. But, yeah, I think it would be. I mean, it hasn't been repeated yet, so, like, there's no grade confirmation. But, like, from seeing enough, like, strong people try it and, like, the fact that the stand start had gone 20 years without being done, like, yeah, as much as it felt, like, you know, not as hard in the moment, like, I find I have to step back and be like, well, it didn't feel hard because I did it perfectly. Like, there's a lot of time that went into it.
0: Well, yeah. And like, how many attempts did you put working on
3: it? Oh man. Like, like from the bottom, probably like, gosh, I don't know. I probably gave it like anywhere from three to like 10 tries from the bottom for 10 sessions. So like, depending on the session, sometimes I would get there, try it a few times and be like, this doesn't feel great. And I would like work other moves just to like get it dialed in. but. Like the fact that I first tried that boulder probably a year and a half ago and it felt impossible to like, yeah, there's just a lot of effort that went into it, but from the ground, I probably gave like anywhere from like 50 to like a hundred fifty 50 to 80 attempts from the bottom.
0: Yeah. And then was just
3: like- on like the low start. Yeah. And then like
0: yeah, add in at-
3: the time that I did the high start and everything else, like it
0: adds up. Yeah. yeah. And that, and it's that thing where, um, because obviously most people who, who listen aren't going to be, you know, climbing at that level or anything, but it, yeah, it, the takeaway really is just, if you want to accomplish something, you got to work at it. Like, and, yeah, and work at it when you think you've worked at it enough and you haven't accomplished it, you haven't even scratched the surface yet.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know? Like now I'm at the point where Before this, like the longest I had worked on anything was probably between like 10 to 15 sessions. And then it was like, okay, well, I'll put 20 into something what can I do with 20? Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like, what happens if I spend an entire year dedicated to training for like one specific boulder problem? Like how achievable can this really hard thing be? Mm -hmm. If I really put like, not just sessions into it, but dedicated training, and like targeted programming, you know, like what can happen now? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm sure like once I do that, it'll be like, okay, well, like what if I repeated that same step again, but then added one more thing, like then what's possible? So like the new norm just becomes a little harder each time. Mm
1: -hmm. What are you targeting now?
3: Uh, I mean, like grade wise, if you're gonna look at grade, like V15s next and climbing a bunch of other V14s too but there's this boulder problem in Bishop called lucid dreaming, which is like basically three hard moves on really small holds. Um, And like, hasn't been, it's basically been done by like a lot of pro climbers and pretty much no one else. So it's kind of like the next step is, it was like, I don't know, March, April, like I just watched tons of climbing videos and I found myself like, Going back over and over to watch like Alex Nagos on Lucid Dreaming because it's crazy. It's literally just, you know, pretty much three hard moves and then like a 40 foot slab. Um, but ever since I did stairwell or write a passage low, I was kind of like, oh, maybe like that's something that I could do. Mm. And I haven't really been bold enough to like take a step forward because it's like, well, I can't really go there right now like what would the point be in the past month for some reason I've just like convinced myself that it would be possible I've watched all four videos of it or five like many many times like probably I watch a video of that boulder like once a day if not more (laughs) um and I like fall asleep like yeah well that's the thing it's like pretty straightforward um But yeah, now I've gotten to the point where like, that's the thing I want to do. And so I'm sitting here in Canada, not being able to go to Bishop. So I'm like, okay, well, like, what can I do? So I set a simulator of the boulder. And then I was like, I don't know if this is quite right. Like, let me, I want to make sure that this is accurate. So then I messaged someone in Bishop and was like, hey, I'm thinking of like doing this boulder next year. Like, can you. You know like go out and get measurements of hold distances and take photos of the holds for me they're like yeah totally so now on my wall like i have a whole map of like inch per inch like you know like start hold is here and then like one inch over and 22 inches up is the next hold and then an undercling is right beside it and then 29 inches over and 40 inches up is this pinch and then 18 inches right and 18 inches up is the crib like i have it all mapped out and then all the distances between holds on like a triangular grid. And then now I have that on my wall. So the movement is replicated perfectly other than like the angle is a little off because no wall is obviously like perfectly flat. Um, So now I have the simulator and then it's like, okay, well, how can I make this even better? I was stuck in kind of like that Instagram loop one day of scrolling and there's this company in Tennessee, Render Climbing, who like 3D scans climbing holds and replicates them. I saw they had like uh this like the crimp and the undercling on lucid dreaming. Just sent them a message and was like, Hey, do you guys still have the mold for this? And like, do you have scans of the other holds? They're like, Yeah, we have them, but we just haven't put them into production. I've probably been talking to them for a month, and then now the first of the holds is finally on its way. So mm-hmm. I'm basically like I haven't ever done this with any other boulder problem. Like when I when we were talking about like different tactics to like level up, like yeah getting 3D scans of the holds to have the exact holds is like definitely a level up
1: and so and get mileage (laughs) yeah yeah
3: like the boulder problem will pretty much be in my basement which is cool um and so doing all these things like make it seem a little more achievable so that's kind of the big goal is, is that boulder problem which is funny because it's the furthest thing from sport climbing, other than the fact that it's really big, but it just distills down to three moves. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try and dedicate like a whole year to like three singular moves and see what can happen.
0: Well, you know, on that note, like I gotta say, I admire your drive and dedication. Yeah, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. That single yeah. focus is- and I've always been in awe of climbers who focus on that because like I've just never had the mindset for it. It's very different. Yeah. You know, and, and it's an interesting thing to talk to people who like just are wired that way. Like I do all sorts of things because just, you know, when you talk about, you know, not being able to sleep, uh, focus on that boulder, I just can't shut my fucking brain off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it really is kind of a fascinating sort of glimpse into how you accomplish these things. Whereas, you know, I would look, because when you're talking Bishop, is that Bishop, California? Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. And um, the buttermilks.
0: So I'm looking yeah. at, like the big peak.
3: Yeah, you're looking at Yosemite, just like a lot You know, of ways I away. want a
0: big multi-pitch, so I spend a whole day. But then it's yeah. like, the next one, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, 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 and essentially, like a, a lot of those multi-pitch climbs are vertical hikes you know in a sense yeah
3: it's like a different type of suffering you know yeah like when I can't sleep at night it's because like I'm thinking about how good it would feel to like do like this this and then do the 50 foot slab and like how great it would feel to like stand up there yeah like knowing I had done it that's what I'm kind of chasing and also like chasing the idea of the process and going through that because it's not like I can just you know work on my simulator it's like it's different I can't just keep doing the same thing for a year because I'll only like improve so much like I might plateau so it's like okay what's something new that's going to stimulate my mind let's learn how to train for this thing let's get replica holds let's switch it up and make this interesting and just like get totally obsessed with it
0: Yeah. So basically the takeaway for anybody listening, like if you want to get good at anything. Yeah. Obsession. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a combination of being obsessed and don't get hurt.
3: Yeah. I think that's another big factor has been like, yeah, I realized if I'm going to like try and do this really hard thing. The biggest factor is going to be like pushing myself hard enough that I can get stronger, but also not push so hard that I get injured and I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah
0: know and work on that finger flexibility
3: <laughs> yeah just like rice bucket all the time and break down that scar
0: tissue so ethan thanks for being on well thank you for having me and uh basically uh where can people like follow you yeah my instagram
3: is just ethan salvo you can find me there uh i mean like a bunch of us have a youtube channel smoky boys like If you just look up my name, you'll probably find a bunch of bouldering videos on YouTube.
1: We'll put it in the show notes.
3: Sweet. But other than that, yeah, thank you guys so much again. It's a pleasure to chat. Yeah, no, get training.
1: It was a lot of fun. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll be right
0: here on those same three moves.
1: All right, take care. Have
0: Have a great night. Work hard. Play dirty. Bye. See you
2: guys.